Hello everybody, you are listening to Throwback Country Music, and I am your host, Britt Jones. If you're listening on your iPhone, do me a favor and just click that button that says subscribe. You'll find it at the top. Really easy. Thank you so much. That helps this podcast grow tremendously. And man, we are growing by leaps and bounds. We debuted this week in the top 100 iTunes Apple Podcast charts. Such a cool thing. And it's all because of you, the listeners. Thank you for subscribing. That helps us out. Thank you for writing a review on the same page. That helps us out. And also, for those of you who have given us five-star ratings, that's huge. Thank you so much. So far on the show, we have had Ty Herndon, Wade Hayes, Jamie O'Neill, and the beautiful and amazing Grendel Opry member, Lori Morgan. Today, we have lead singer and founding member of 90's country music supergroup, Confederate Railroad. Check this out about Confederate Railroad. Okay. So they signed with Atlantic Records in 1992, and there they released their self-debut album. It produced six hit singles and was certified double platinum. That means it sold over two million copies in the United States alone. They also won an award for Best New Group at the Academy of Country Music Awards in 1993. Now here's some of the songs from that record, and you'll remember some of these if you are a 90s fan like myself. Here's some of the singles. It was She Took It Like a Man, Jesus and Mama, Queen of Memphis, Trashy Women, When You Leave That Way You Can Never Go Back, She Never Cried. They had so many big songs, they put on one heck of a show and they still do it today. I sat down with Danny Shirley for an interview and you get to hear that in just a couple of moments. Now, every Sunday night we do a Facebook Live show. And you can join us at facebook.com forward slash throwback country music or facebook.com forward slash Brit Jones music. That's B R I T J O N E S music. And you can join us there. We talk about the podcast, we talk about uh, the, the current uh, show, which tonight we'll be uh, doing the show with, about Danny Shirley. And I'll also play a few songs um, from the 90s, cover songs, songs that. Um, you request. Uh, it's fun getting to interact with the listeners on Facebook Live. You can also visit us on the web at throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. You can listen online there as well. That's throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. Once again, thank you for subscribing to this. You'll never miss an episode when you do that. And man, we got so many cool guests lined up for you in the future. I'm telling you. Now, next Monday or next Sunday, excuse me, you will hear the podcast interview with country music superstar and hit maker of the 90s. Your love amazes me. She's taking a shine, standing on the edge of goodbye. That's right, it's John Barry. You'll hear his interview with me next Sunday. So, the podcast drops every Sunday, and I hope you will join us every week to listen to this show. All right, without further ado, check out my interview with Confederate Railroad, Mr. Danny Shirley. Well, hello, everybody. We are here with founding member, hit songwriter, 
the one and only Danny Shirley from Confederate Railroad. How you doing, Danny? Doing good, Rick. Glad to be here with you, buddy. Man, it's, uh, it's great. We were in Blue Ridge, Georgia, up in the North Georgia Mountains, and uh, Confederate Railroad has a big show up here tonight. But let's talk about a few things, Danny. Uh, your latest record, Lucky to Be Alive. I'm so intrigued by that title and the song. How did that come to be? Well, actually, I didn't even intend on making this album. Uh, the uh -huh. way this came about, um, several of these new artists, uh, uh, like Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, Luke said, um, he came up to me and said, if you only knew how many times I'd been sitting on Riverbank Fish and listening to your CDs when I was younger. And uh, uh, Jason talking about, uh, we used to play a club in Macon yeah. every year, every winter. And he said he and his buddies were too young to get in. And every winter, they'd come stand by the back door and listen to the shows of such big fans. And that got me thinking, well, I need to uh, maybe get off the couch, start writing some more, and maybe pitch to these, you know, some of these younger yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, so I got together with a couple friends of mine, Blue Miller and Sonny LaMare, and we started writing. Then another old friend of mine, uh, Chuck Rhodes from Sony, heard what we were doing, and he called and said, well, let's just make a new Confederate Railroad album. So that's the way this came about. Huh. That's awesome. And man. so, you know, some of the stuff, some of the music on here is different from um, what people would expect from Confederate Railroad, but yeah. I wasn't writing to be a Confederate right, Railroad writer. Right. And uh, we did a couple of different things, and it's been really well received. Yeah, well, I was listening to it today, and uh, I noticed a few, I loved it. Uh, I loved what I heard. Well, thank you. And I thought, man, this is, it sounds a little different than uh, what you would expect, but it's a cool thing because it is, I mean, I think it's a lot, a lot different, and that's cool. Yeah, I think most of it came off sounding like what you'd expect on a railroad album, but there was yeah. there was a few songs on there. Well, of course, I did my first bluegrass song I'd ever done. That was a lot of I fun. I listened to, to that. That was cool. That was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, I had uh, was working with a guy on the road running my sound a few years ago named Tim Austin. Uh -huh. And I don't know much about bluegrass, but... Uh, uh, another buddy of mine who's a big bluegrass fan uh -huh. said, man, is that the Tim Austin? And I said, well, I don't know. You know? <laughs> and come to find out, uh, Tim's like a legendary um, bluegrass picker and producer. And everybody That's had crazy. Doobie Shea records yeah. back years ago. So uh, I got to listen to some of the things that Tim had recorded over the years. Uh -huh. Kind of got me thinking that way, you know. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, I'm going to try to write a bluegrass song. And... Um, then a, a couple of buddies of mine that used to work for me years ago, uh, Keith Mahan, who was my first bass player I ever had, uh, and Roy Curry, uh, an old guitar player I used to work with, yeah. and uh, they were big bluegrass people, yeah. so I thought, well, it'd be fun to uh, get us in the studio together after all these years. Wow. So I got uh, uh, Keith and Roy to come to Nashville, and we worked on this. Then uh, I had Tim produce yeah. it, and he played banjo on it, and then um, the... Uh, Dan Tominski played on with us, so oh, we had, a, had wow. a bunch of good bluegrass that's, pickers. That's it was awesome. a lot of fun doing that, yeah. Man. A lot different, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, hey, that's great. Hey, if you can have fun making music, there you, go. you know. Uh, well, one thing that I was uh, that I loved on this record was the 20th anniversary Trashy Women with Colt Ford, I love him, Willie Nelson, and of course the legendary John Anderson. That was a lot of fun to do. <laughs> um, Somebody had suggested that on this album we go back and uh, recut one of the old songs, and I thought, well, I don't know why you would do yeah, that. You yeah. Know? And uh, somebody else said, we got if you're going to do that, do Trashy Women. 
And I thought, well, I think we've got all the mileage we get out of that record. You know, I mean, uh, we got a Grammy nomination, uh-huh. sold millions of copies. Yeah. And uh, but I got to thinking about it, and I said, the only way I would be willing to do this would be uh, to make it for charity, mm. and you'll give all the proceeds from it to charity. And uh, so after I thought that, I thought, well, the next thing we do, if we're going to do that, let's get some other artists to do it with me. Mm. And uh, it worked out real good. It was a lot of fun to do that. Now, did you handpick those? Did you, did you well, we talked about wanted? different things, and I wanted, uh, of course, Colt more than new generation. I wanted something from that, and uh, he was gracious enough to agree to do it. And uh, then John Anderson, I, John's got such a distinctive voice there in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. I thought, well, let's use John. And uh, uh, then uh, Bernie Nelson, a songwriter friend of mine, that uh, one of the writers on Daddy Never Was a Cadillac kind, uh-huh. he said, well, what about Willie? And I thought, wow, man, I wonder if he'd be willing to do it. And it worked out. See. It turned out real good. And all three, uh, all three of the guest acts on there, like I said, their, their voice was so distinctive. You know, you know in an instant who it is. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. That's that's awesome. That's a lot of fun. Thing about Colt, yeah, he's with that new generation, but he is such a lover of good classic. Yeah, he's such a he's a class act. Yes, sir. uh, I really like Colt. Um, Well, tell us, how did Confederate Railroad first get signed to Atlantic Records? Well, back in the uh, '80s, I was uh, still working for David Allen Coe, Mm -hmm. and um, the way it came about, Joe Diffie got a record deal. Yeah. And uh, Joe was doing a lot of demo singing there in Nashville at the time, and it kind of left a void. And uh, some songwriters that I knew asked me to come do some demos for some of their mm-hmm. songs they'd written. And uh, one thing kind of led to another. So, like, when we'd get off the road with David, I'd get the bus drop me off in Nashville. Yeah. I'd spend a couple of days up there doing demo singing and uh, ended up with a record deal with Atlantic. Wow. Uh, just the right people heard it, and I would, uh, as I would record some of these songs, i think, boy, if I get a deal, I want to do that one, so yeah. i kind of put yeah. it back, you know. And uh, Jesus and Mama, that's the way that came to be. Wow. That was a demo that I'd done. Yeah. And I um, uh, got the attention of Rick Blackburn. Yeah. And um, uh, a songwriter out of Gadsden, Alabama, Danny Mayo, uh, he worked with me a lot to... Um, um, he got Barry Beckett on board. He and Beckett were friends. Mm-hmm. And once you get Barry Beckett on your side, you're going then to get a record deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it worked out really good. Man, now were you uh, did, were you living in Georgia at the time, or uh, I was living in Kennesaw. Kennesaw. Yeah. I never I never made the move to Nashville. Never okay. lived in Nashville. Yeah. Of course, I'm from Chattanooga. Right. Right. And uh, even after uh, the hits and everything, I'm, I'm stayed yeah. in Chattanooga. Oh heck yeah! I lived in Chickamauga for six years. Yeah. I love it. I good love deal. that area, man. Um, well, with uh, what a career run y'all had and y'all are still having, they're still on the road. You know, I, I listen to a podcast called Country Gold Backstage that Terry Clark hosts, and she's always interviewing stars of the 90s. And uh, she always brings up this question, and, and so I, I asked Lori this, I, I asked Jamie O'Neill this, and Wade Hayes, I said, uh, what are your current thoughts on today's country music? I think there's still a lot of good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every generation is going to have their own twist on things, you know, yeah. and it, it comes from um, uh, the different influences you have at a different age. Uh, I know when we hit big, uh, a lot of the critics were saying, um, uh, you know, you hear Southern rock influence, and and, mm-hmm. uh, and then, of course, working with Co and Paycheck like I did, you're going to get that outlaw influence. Mm-hmm. And uh, these newer guys, you know, their influences weren't uh, the same as mine. Right. So it's going to give a different twist on it. Um, 
Uh, I think there's still some great country music out there. You know, as a fan, I still listen to things that made me a country music fan. Mm, Yeah. Uh, Like on my, uh, uh, you know, my iPhone when I'm punching up music, Mm -hmm. it's usually uh, things from the 70s and 80s that made me a country music fan. So I don't listen to maybe as much of the new stuff as I should, but I've heard some really good music. I know that a lot of people in my generation don't care for some of it, but... um, it's, uh, it's really always been that way, you know. Uh, uh, there's some you'll turn up on your radio and some you'll turn down. And it, yeah. it's still that way to me. And, and, you know, there's some I like more than others. But yeah. uh, I think all in all, country music's doing fine right Yeah, now. And that, that's what John was saying. John Barry, he was saying that, you know, that different, it's like it goes through cycles a decade, like the 90s yeah. had its own sound. Then you have the early 2000s and, yeah. and the 70s and the 80s. And, and I'm glad we were part of that 90s thing because it, uh, man, what a great era in country music. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, we still do 100 shows a year. Wow. And um, uh, we've been very blessed with it. And, and a lot of those songs have really held up over time. Yes, they you know, have. The way that we're made and everything. And uh, I love it when we're doing a show. And um, some young people that weren't even alive when I was making those records, singing every word to it, you know, it's, that's a good sign. That's, that's awesome. Well, man, yeah, because you can turn on the radio on a lot of radio stations. Uh, I live outside of Athens, Georgia now, but I'll turn on 1061 and you're going to hear Trashy Women. They yeah. still, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's in rotation. I mean, th- a lot of your songs are still in rotation. Matter of fact, there was a time, I believe, it was maybe in the early 2000s, they did some type of poll. I can't remember who it was of the top songs of the 90s. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Trashy Women and Queen of Memphis both made the top 10 or top 20. Okay, Do you remember cool. that? I haven't heard it was that. Like no. a, it was some type I of I did poll. read a magazine article online uh, a couple months ago where they had rated the top 10 uh, Confederate Railroad records of all time. Yeah. And believe it or not, uh, Daddy Never Was Cadillac kind that rated number one. Wow. So I still get a lot of airplay on that. Oh, that's awesome. That was a powerful song, man. That really touched a lot of people. You know, all those ballads we did, I always made a point to stay away from love songs because yeah. everybody does love yeah. songs. Yeah. And uh, when we would do ballads, I would try to make it more about a family situation, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, Mama, number yeah. one record, Daddy yeah. Never Was, Cadillac Hunt. And uh, my personal favorite, When You Leave That Way, Can Never Go mm-hmm. Back. Yes, sir. And all those uh, ballads really touch people. Uh, I agree, man. I, I love that y'all did those type of ballads. Uh, and... Uh, you know, a lot of people consider y'all, uh, well, I've, I've read, people consider y'all even outlaw country. Do you embrace I never that? Really, I never really saw that. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, I was around real outlaw musicians exactly, with yeah. Cohen Paycheck yeah, and yeah. Uh, Waylon and I got to know each other real well. And um, I never really considered us an outlaw act. Right. Um, I will say that... Um, I guess the reason people say that is in one sense, uh, outlaw music is just doing things your own way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were always uh, able to do that. Yeah. You know, the uh, Rick Blackburn there at Atlantic Records was very supportive of us and let me do pretty much what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, man, I, I know when y'all came on the scene, y'all had a very distinct sound. Uh, Somebody asked me one time in an interview, they said, uh, uh, what is it you think it is about your voice that, that appeals to people? And I had never thought of it, and I said, uh, thought, and I said, well, I said, I guess if some guy's driving down the road in his pickup truck and hears me on the radio, he says, well, hell, I can do that. <laughs> 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 
That's a good story. Oh, man. Uh, so I guess your influence is one of them was Waylon, is that right? Well, Waylon's what uh, really got me into country music. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, I was able to uh, let Waylon know that. he was, And he did a lot of people uh, in our generation. He's what uh, made a lot of us country music fans. Yeah. You know, I'd listened growing up, of course, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, George yeah. Jones, yeah. Conway Twitty. And, uh, but what made me want to play country music was uh, the whole outlaw movement with Waylon, Willie, yeah. uh, Tom Paul Glazer, and I got to be great friends. Uh, we did uh, some work in the studio together. And uh, yeah, that's what made me a country music. Uh, uh, I want to play country music. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening yesterday uh, to a record, an actual record, 1968 Waylon Jennings record, and it was called This Is Waylon Jennings. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> the songs on there were just incredible. Yeah. I mean, it was a different type of Waylon that I'm used to hearing from his set, like the 70s, later 70s. It was just a, it was, a, man, his voice was just so unique. Yeah, he did have a great voice. Yeah. Uh, well, that brings me to, now, didn't Confederate Railroad do a, several or a lot of shows with George Jones back? Oh, we were, George was a big help to me when I first went to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it took me longer to get a record deal than it should have, and a lot of it was because of my association with Co and Paycheck. Uh-huh. You know, they weren't uh, they weren't darlings of the music industry yeah. up there in Nashville. Yeah. They, uh, um, I read an interview, early interview about us, where a woman said that Waylon and Willie were called outlaws, Co and Paycheck were outlaws. You know, <laughs> so that's where Confederate <laughs> Railroad comes from. But uh, it was kind of a guilt by association. You know, as great as their music was. And as much as I love those guys, they weren't the easiest people in the world to work with. Wow. And uh, a lot of uh, labels there in Nashville shied away from me because of that association. And uh, lo and behold, the one that did actually sign us was uh, Rick Blackburn, who was uh, at Atlantic. Yeah. But in his, when his days at Columbia, he had Cohen Paycheck. Oh. So it was really weird that Rick was the one that uh, stepped forward and signed us. And he told me later on, he said, the day that we released the news that uh, I had signed you, he said, literally every label head in Nashville called and told me I was a fool. And uh, and uh, he said, uh, this is like a year after we started working yeah. together, and he said, you're like the easiest going artist I've ever worked with. What about that? Yeah, so just a, a misconception, but guilt yeah. by association, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, I wouldn't take anything for those years I spent with David and, and Patreon. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's a, well, Wade Hayes was just talking about last week that uh, he uh, paycheck was huge influence on him. Yeah. And he got to end up play, play lead guitar for him for a while. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, now here's here's something cool as we close this out. Uh, I'm gonna ask you a few questions. The first thought that comes to your mind, spit it out. <laughs> this ain't gonna be goofy. Stuff yeah. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. <clears throat> uh, favorite venue you have ever played. My favorite show I ever did was Riverbend in Chattanooga. Heck yeah. Um, that was huge to me. That's my favorite memory of my whole career. Wow. You know, uh, I played the very first Riverbend <clears throat> on one of the smaller stages. And um, then in 95, uh, they asked us to headline the Coke stage opening night. Golly. And anytime you would play your hometown, you're always a little more yeah. nervous. You, yeah. you want to do your best. Oh, yeah. And... Um, uh, they started talking about River Bend. The closer it got, you know, the more nervous I got about it. Then uh, uh, I don't know how they do it now, but back then you would park your bus on the other side of the river okay. and come across yeah. on a houseboat. Yeah. And uh, so we're coming over the river on the houseboat with old David Earl Hughes, 
my old DJ buddy from US 101 at Yeah, Pasadena. okay. And uh, David says, well, what's the biggest crowd you ever played for? And I said, about <laughs> 80,000. And he said, well, we expect to have that here tonight. Yeah. And kind of a chill run on yeah. the spine, you know? Yeah. And um, so we get on the other side of the river and it, uh, we're waiting on showtime and it comes over the PA system. It says all time record, 138,000 people. Whoa. And uh, I literally started tearing up Whoa. a little bit. You know, it was just so emotional to me. And uh, then we uh, come showtime, I'm walking up the steps, the camera picks me up, and they've got me on the big screen by the time oh, yeah. I get the stage. Yeah. And uh, get a standing ovation. And by then, Jeez. man, big old tears just running yeah. down my cheeks. Man. Know? And, uh, uh, but it went real good. Show went well. The, the voice was good. The mm. band played great. And um, that was uh, that was a highlight of my whole career. Golly, yeah. that's that's man, that's really cool. And they've talked to me about coming back to River Bend, but I won't do it because I can't. Uh, I know I can't surpass what I've already done, mm. and I don't want to tarnish the memory of that. Jeez, man, that sends chills over me. I, I've been to River Bend so many times, and for those of you listening, River Bend is one of the largest music festivals in the country. And yes, they, they do. They average crowds of over 100,000 a night. And they bring in huge acts. And so. Yeah, not just country, man. Everybody's yeah, played yeah. there. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, all genres. Yeah, music, they sure yeah. have, yeah. Um, yeah, and man, I, I saw Hank play there yeah. a few years ago. And Randy Owen, when he was just doing his Randy Owen stuff. Uh, man, it's, it's a great. I'm, I'm so glad you shared that with us. Um, what I was going to say is there a memory of a show that stands out to you? And that, that would be it. Well, here, here's a cool uh, thing to end on. And I'm always interested in what other artists from the 90s golden era think of this. So if we had a Mount Rushmore of country artists uh, for four male artists, and it can be bands, and four female artists, who would you put on Mount Rushmore if you got the opportunity to put them on there for males? Uh, all time. Right? All Not time. Not just 90s, yeah. all time. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. I know. Lord, you couldn't get them all. You couldn't no. get four on there. Uh, you got. You can't do country music without George Jones yeah. and um, Merle Haggard. Yeah. Um, my personal would be uh, George Jones, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson. Wow, that's man. It's hard to top that. What about four female artists of all time? If they had their own Mount Rushmore. Uh, Patsy Cline. Yeah. Loretta Lynn, mm. Tammy Winehead. Oh yeah. Uh, Tammy was a big supporter of ours. Was she, she was really? Great, yeah. Um, her daughter, her and George's daughter, Georgette, Georgette. And I are friends. Oh really? And uh, she's told me stories about her mama. You know, and uh, uh, nobody but Danny could have pulled that off on trashy women. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was great to us. And I got one more. I guess it had to be uh, Dolly Parton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which Dolly makes a guest appearance in, uh, what was it, the Trashy Women video? Was that the... the <laughs> well, yeah, kind of, yeah, in, in name only. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, talking about Tammy Winehead, uh, she and Dolly and Loretta Lynn did a uh, video for a record they had yes. uh, years ago. It was great. And each act, each one of them was supposed to invite one act to be in the video with them, and uh, Tammy called me. Now, the man, that's pretty cool. You know, that that's is pretty awesome. cool. Well, she a, lot of, a lot of cool things like that, you know, that, uh, that's what sticks out in my yeah. memory over the years is isn't how many tickets you sold in Omaha or, yeah. or how many exactly. records you sold. It's the uh, first time George Jones called me up on stage singing with him. Woo. You know, and I've known George for a while. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, 
But it's not like, well, that's George Mulvaney I watch football with. It's like, oh, crap, I'm about to sing with George Jones. The you know? George Jones. Um, me and Charlie Daniels, uh, we do a big benefit together every year down in Tampa mm. uh, for the past 21 years. And the way we got involved in that together is he was doing it. And uh, back years ago, he had his throat surgery. And they told him, said, well, you're not going to be able to do that benefit this year. And he said, well, let me make a phone call. And he called me and asked me to do his vocals while he played fiddle. Wow. And uh, that's a real cool thing to remember. You know, the uh, first time I got a standing ovation walking on stage, you know. Man. Stuff like that's what you remember. What a story. That's cool. And so Tammy Wynette, she was a cool lady, huh? Oh, she was great, yeah. That's that's so cool, guys. Uh, First time I met Loretta Lynn, she's one of those people you... feel like you've known her your whole life. Yeah. You know, there's that whole saying, you don't want to meet your heroes. Yeah. And uh, a lot that. of times, that, or sometimes that does hold true. Yeah. I've met uh, people that I really looked up to, and once you get to know them, it's like, well, Lord, what was I thinking, yeah. you know? And, uh, but it's really great when you do meet these people that uh, you have looked up to, and they're, they live up to your expectations, yeah. She's legit, isn't Yeah, she? yeah, that's cool. Well, guys, we have enjoyed this conversation with Danny Shirley of Confederate Railroad. Uh, be sure you go to confederaterailroad.com for all tour dates. They have a lot a lot of more dates uh, for in November and a few in December. Then they head, head back on the road in 2019. Uh, so confederaterailroad.com. They're also on Facebook as well. Um, they're awesome live. Danny, thank you so much. My pleasure. I think I hear the band calling me. I believe they are, man. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you later. All right, Rip. What a great interview. I'm so glad you got to experience that with me as well. And just to hear him talk about Tammy Wynette, George Jones, Johnny Paycheck, David Allen Coe, all of these heroes and sheroes of country music. To hear him talk about the Mount Rushmore of country music, who he would put on there. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I hope to do that with all my guests. The Mount Rushmore of country music. Tell us, who would you put on the Mount Rushmore of country music? Male artists, female artists. There's four each. And it can also be groups. It can be bands. I know a lot of people want to put Alabama on there as well. Well, I hope you enjoyed today. Join us next Sunday when we sit down with John Barry, and he has some really cool stories. He also has a really cool story about George Jones at the CMA Awards. Thank you so much. Please subscribe to this podcast. Visit us on the web, throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com, and join us every Sunday night for Facebook Live. Have a great week. I will talk to you later.